and welcome to the Bad Activist Podcast. My name is Tori, I use she, they pronouns. I'm based in Bristol, originally from Hong Kong. I'm a climate justice activist and also a mental health advocate. And I would describe myself as the chaotic member of the Bad Activist Collective who does far too many different projects and kind of spreads myself too thin. Awesome. Um, I'm Julia. My pronouns are she, they. I am from Cleveland, Ohio in the United States. Um, and I'm a radical queer thinker, an abolitionist feminist, um, and an intersectional climate justice activist. Um, so yeah, I hang out and do a lot of the like editorial and social media work. Hi everyone, I'm Neil. I use he, they pronouns and I'm from Nassau in the Bahamas. I am a writer, a conservationist, and also a freelance photographer. And I think in terms of the collective, I'm definitely the friend who is there to challenge what the mainstream idea is in terms of the patriarchy, in terms of queer representation, and in terms of what it means to be black and to exist in this kind of open dialogue around activism. Hi, my name is Kishona. I use she, they pronouns. I'm from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. I'm a baby intersectional climate justice activist. Um, so I don't have a lot of experience, uh, definitely not compared to the rest. So far, it's been mostly organizing projects. Um, in terms of the collective, I would say I'm the mom friend who reminds everybody to drink enough water. <laughs> so on today's episode of the Bad Activist Podcast, we will be kind of getting to understand how the collective came to be, how we know each other, and also what it means to be an activist. And if you're really lucky, we'll talk about why we're actually bad activists as well. So how is all began? So Bad Activist is a play off of Roxane Gay's Bad Feminist, which is the title of a book of essays published in 2014. Um, and she really calls it kind of her way of talking about how we can never be good or perfect feminists because A, that doesn't exist, and B, literally everyone has their own definition of what a perfect feminist should be. Um, and she has this awesome quote that's basically like, Feminism is flawed because it's a movement that's powered by people and people are inherently flawed. And so I feel like that really plays into what the Bad Activist uh, Collective is because we're really thinking about dismantling um, the demand or this idea of perfectionism in activism. Um, and it's really interesting because this demand of perfectionism is not just placed on like individuals and activists, but also on kind of like the justice issues we're facing. So, you know, when we talk about things like abolition of police and prisons, abolition of capitalism, you know, open borders, land back, settler colonialism, whether that's, you know, the United States, uh, Israel, Palestine, South Africa, Turkey, and Kurdistan, you know, all over, there's this kind of like backlash or attack of, you know, what's the alternative? Um, and not in really like a I'm so curious about other solutions, but this demand that the alternatives that we're fighting for are like perfect without flaws, that they don't step on anyone's toes or inconvenience anyone's, and that they have this like multitude of perfectly implemented historical examples, which is just like literally not possible. Um, 
So then it becomes that like, okay, so we're just supposed to uh, accept these systems and realities that are like literal dumpster fires because we can't even conceive about talking about change unless we have this like perfectly packaged alternative that we can put into place right now. Um, so yeah, so I mean like ultimately perfectionism and expertise boils down to a tool of white supremacy that keeps people frozen in inaction. Um, and so the Bad Activist Collective is a group, a collective of activists and change makers. And we're really trying to like hold space for all of these perspectives and nuanced experiences. But we're always super grounded in a foundation that is anti-colonial, anti-imperial, pro-black, pro-queer, anti-ableist, anti-capitalist, anti-patriarchy, like fighting against anti-Semitism and just like all around anti-oppression. Um, and we're really fighting for a new world and a new future, one that's based on community care, that prioritizes people over profits and honors our relationships with each other and, and the earth. So for all of our OGs who are here, we started as a podcast with me, Julia, uh, Kishona, and Tori, um, and now we have expanded into an awesome collective, uh, one of those members being Neil, um, and a multimedia platform. So that means that now we have a website, an Instagram, um, and of course this podcast that's really all about kind of connecting with different activists and artists that are making contributor pieces and highlighting different justice issues. Wow, Julia. Like, wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, to be honest. <laughs> how do you follow up? Yeah, how do you? Um, well, one thing you spoke about was having Neil on board. And with the previous uh, podcast, whenever I would tell people about it, one question that I would get is, how do you have a podcast with literally three people from completely different places and different time <laughs> zones? And now it's just even more chaotic with Neil from the Bahamas adding an extra time zone in the mix. Um, so I would like to start kind of with that and explain the whole timeline of how we met each other. To start, um, Tori and I met first and it was actually because we joined the project Till to the Cop which was a sailing uh, think tank that was supposed to go to the UN Climate Conference in Chile, COP25. Um, and I remember we had a trainings weekend and there was this person who was super unavailable on their phone the whole time. And I was trying to connect and it was really sad because I was completely ignored basically. Um, and then when we had our first day on the sailing boat, that same person ended up being my roommate. Um, and we were one of the few lucky ones who had the cabin of only two people. All the other ones had their share with like four or even five people. So that was kind of nerve wracking in the beginning. Like, great, I'm sharing a cabin with the only person who ignored me. <laughs> um, but it ended up being amazing because uh, Tori and I became really, really uh, good friends. And um, yeah, I, I feel super lucky now that we got to share that cabin together. Tori, do you want to explain how we kind of ended up connecting with Julia? Yes, of course. And in all fairness to myself, that weekend that we spent in the Netherlands, holy shit, I was so stressed out. I had like all of this <laughs> stuff to do with this film that I was doing and like learning a script and was constantly just like, I don't know what to do. I have to leave early, this, that and the other. And I really wasn't mentally prepared. But thankfully, like Kishona kind of became a bit of my rock on board the sailboat and just, 
you know, the months preceding Sail to the Cop as well. And when we were in Colombia, because essentially Sail to the Cop was supposed to go to Chile, but the conference got relocated from Chile to Madrid, we ended up in Colombia, which was not as planned, but we met Julia there who was doing some really, really awesome things. And yeah, we all got in very, very well. Yes my part of the saga. Um, yeah, so I uh, work with an organization called Grow Ahead that um, partners with small-scale farmer cooperatives like coffee and cocoa cooperatives to plant trees in agroforestry systems. Um, so I was in Colombia um, planning to visit some of the farmer cooperatives we work with. And little to known fact that we actually didn't talk about in the last podcast is that Tori and I actually met on a dating app. Um, and if that isn't like queer lesbian 101, <laughs> meeting a girl, going on a date, realizing like the sexual chemistry isn't there, but you guys are like destined to be platonic soulmates. And then she like halfway through the date was like, do you want to come back to the boat? And I just met the entire like sale of the car like silver climate action team i met kishoda like i just all of a sudden which is like in this group of all of these climate activists um and yeah we like got on super well uh just like connected like you know tori kishoda and i connected like immediately um and and yeah that's the story this is tea i literally remember turning to kishoda and being like kish Look at this person. She's into astrology. She seems to care about the planet. Let's meet her. And then Kish was like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, you do you, girl. And then afterwards, I found out that, like, we were... So me and Kishona always worked in this cafe in Cartagena, and Kishona just, like, disappears for a hot minute. I'm just like, where has she gone? And then I see that she's talking to somebody. I'm like, who the hell is she talking to? She's talking to them for a really long time. And then I turn the corner and it's Julia. And those two are just, like, chatting, 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 laughing, laughing, looking at birth charts. And I was like, what is going on? But also kind of like, yay, we found a new crew member. And, like, we it just kind of hit off from there and we started the podcast. But... Well, that also... honestly, wait, no, back up for a second, because like classic fashion, Tori ignored me in that cafe, so Kishota busy <laughs> and talked to me about Twilight and astrology to make me not feel bad. The girl I just went on a date with literally could never tell, like, I didn't exist in the same cafe that she was in. Oh yeah. Okay. Again, in all fairness, I was so busy and working my butt off because we were putting together a project called Self climate action which is how neil comes into the story hey guys because neil is also in colombia but wait my favorite part i still want to talk about my favorite part which first of all first thing this just proves that i'm 100 percent the mom friend i just like <laughs> i rest my case uh second of all this was the first actual chat i had with julia and one of the first things we did was just put my entire birth chart on your on your laptop. We put it on your laptop. I think it might still be there. And then my, yeah. <laughs> and one of my actual favorite parts is that, like Tori said, we were um, facilitating this project called Silver Climate Action. 
Um, and the whole aim of the project was to take Latin American, Indigenous, and Caribbean youth to the uh, UN Climate Conference in Germany called the Intercessionals, or SB52. So when we invited, or when Tori invited Julia to the boat, there was this one point in time where all four of us were in the same room, yet Neil and Julia never actually met until way later when we decided to bring Neil on board for um, the collective. Yeah, um, I was there once again in Colombia. Colombia is like our birthing ground. I think we're going to migrate there every every summer when it becomes okay to travel again, just to kind of relive that moment. But um, the thing about it with me, I was there as a part of, of the group Sail for Climate Action. And so I was in Colombia for a few days only, but I got there and I met everyone. It was like this really cool group. And immediately I felt like I was kind of in over my head because like Kishona, I'm a baby activist um, in terms of like doing this kind of uh, work that's so outside of my comfort zone and outside of what I regularly do. So we're in Colombia and we meet the group and then I think the moment that we really, really got into it as, as friends was this night. There was like a rooftop party or something. And I remember being upstairs at this rooftop party and I was having such a good time. And I was just hanging. And then there was this girl. I never remember her name, the mystery girl. And uh, I don't know why, but I think we were just trying to impress her. And it was it was so crappy and so easy and so she's asking like what do we do and why we're here and we're talking and then this one guy just comes over I don't know who he is either and he wants to know and so I immediately just without any shame lied to this man I really lied to him and said that I was there with my band and like we were <laughs> and that yeah we're headlining this show in Colombia and um yeah we're just at this rooftop party with my agent and I don't think either of them picked up on the sarcasm, but one of the guys who was with us, Ash, Ash was just like, um, yeah, 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 I'm in the band and uh, I'm, the, I'm the pianist. And then Devin was just on board immediately as well. And so we go upstairs and there's, there's Tori and, and Kishona and we just get to talking about this band and, and just taking this sailing activism on the, just on the road. And it just kind of hit. We, Literally, we created a band in no time. And that kind of just led me here, honestly. It, it, yeah. it, I don't even know what to say. It's so <laughs> funny because literally I remember Neil, Ash and Devon talking about their band, The Beach Boys, with a Z. And it was like, there's this... Um, this Canadian guy who was listening to them talk about their band and me and Kishona were in the same room sitting there listening and I was just like yeah 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 they're on tour you know it starts in <laughs> Colombia and then they uh they go to Jamaica they're also going to Bermuda you know they're they're you know they're sailing across the Caribbean and then they're gonna go to Europe and end up in Germany and their whole tour is being fa facilitated on a sailboat and this guy and that, was just like, none wow. of that was actually a lie. None yeah. of that was a lie. It was true. just that it, we weren't technically a band. Um, that was the only lie. That's how you know you're a good liar if you weave in a lot of the truth. So Neil's bad activist confessional is a is he's he's a great liar. I'm a convincing liar <laughs> for change. 
Yeah, all for change. <laughs> and my bad activist confession is that I uh, apparently I ignore people, especially people who I end up being good friends with. So it makes me like think about all my close friends now and how much I emotionally neglected them in our early days. <laughs> is there a pattern? Is there a pattern? <laughs> Hashtag passivism for the planet. Yeah. Well, you know, in all fairness, I I am a chaotic, chaotic member of this uh, collective and completely unaware of most things going on around me. But alas, it has been brought to my awareness and I will now, you know, embrace it as a, as a bad activist. In the spirit of bad activism, what is it that makes you a bad activist? Because I feel like so much of this space is about shedding the guise of perfection and just trying to normalize these, you know, human conversations about being perfectly imperfect. And as I mentioned, for me, so much of it revolves around my chaotic work style, often burning out, which isn't great. Um, I'm also somebody who wrestles a lot with like, you know, individual versus collective action and keeps thinking about ways that I'm not perfect and, you know, just like power hoarding in the movement and all of these kinds of things. Um, I could go on and on and on about it. But yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. What makes you a bad activist? What makes me a good activist? Like, wh why do people care what I have to say? Damn, you coming in with those therapist questions. Flip it and reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, seriously, to answer the question at hand, I think the moment where I realized that I was a bad activist came very shortly after I started to become comfortable with even being recognized in that kind of way. And that was definitely during the Sail for Climate Action journey. I think once we got to Jamaica, everyone was just ready to experience the culture and experience a new place, especially after being at sea for about 14 days by then. Um, and a group of us went and we got some food and it really, it, it was not vegan. It was, you know, just regular people food. I say regular people like vegans aren't regular people, right? <laughs> but <laughs> that's not what I'm implying. Like we were eating meat and that created such a huge divide on the ship that I was blown away. I was like, wow, we're, yeah, I was like, yeah, we're, we're having this problem over like what I had for lunch. And it, it just kind of blew my mind because here we were, this group of individuals from 19 different countries, I'm talking, um, individuals that were in range from maybe 19 to about 32 or something like that. And it really stirred up a huge conversation about what it means to be a bad activist. That wasn't the conversation's title, but that's um, how I draw the line of connection at this moment. And so that just brought up something where we realized that a lot of us signed up for uh, a journey. And yeah, it was made known that there were vegans on the ship. But it almost came across as though veganism was the standard for activism. And it just led to a conversation about cultural erasure and what it means to be from an indigenous community or from a Caribbean community and how food heritage plays so much a vital role in your cultural identity and how that censorship can be an attack in the form of uh, erasure or even a microaggression in itself. 
So that was my moment of being like, wow, I have to rethink, do I want to brand myself as an activist on a global scale, just because I know there are individuals that feel very strongly about this, even though it's not at the very top of my docket in terms of uh, issues that we need to address. Yeah, that's, I feel like that one is so, so important to think about too, especially because like, we, so many people come in with so many definitions. And I think like, there can be this like really this like desire to have like these black and white lines that don't respect like you know cultural heritage and all of these things and these are the nuanced conversations we we always hope to have um you know for me i think it's really funny cuz like the idea or like the mainstream idea of an activist is people who are like super serious all the time and the whole joke around joke that like you know, you can't, you can't make any jokes. You can't have any fun. Like, like, you know, everything's so serious, which is in my experience, like the complete opposite. Like all activists I know, like all justice seekers I know are like a, like wildly, uh, you know, creative and, um, thinking outside the box as you have to be, to be like, realizing that we face deep shit but like also envisioning a better future um and then also like dude i love trashy tv (laughs) like i love like pop culture and um you know i think that there there's a idea of like that everything has to be in like total restriction and shit that makes me a bad activist is like i'm lazy and i like indian food and i order indian takeout and i know that it comes in plastic boxes and do I wish it didn't come in plastic boxes? Yes. But like, I'm still going to do like a movie night with my Indian food because like that's shit that my sister and I like to do. And so I think that like part of it too, is this idea that we have to be like, so, so restrictive. Um, and I think that's also a fear-based thing, right? Because like, if you have a fear that you're going to be like, super critiqued for doing anything or like the fact that like my friends live all around the globe and like you know unfortunately I can't see anyone now but like I have to fly to see all of my like favorite people in the world like do I wish I could live a life when I didn't have to fly like of course but unfortunately I can't because all the people I love like live all over so I think that all of these things obviously like make me a bad activist but also make me a fucking human I really relate to that a lot um like I said, I, I call myself a baby activist because I, well, it feels for me like only very recently I got into any type of activism, um, which for me kind of feels like before I was very much living in the bubble of the quote unquote like normal people that, you know, don't really uh, think about a lot of justice issues, a lot of climate just, uh, issues, as much as I do now. Um, so I started my journey kind of jumping in head first, doing a big project. And because of that, going from my little bubble um, where I just, you know, I I do a lot of things that a lot of, especially I think like the stereotypical vegan climate activist wouldn't um, approve of to suddenly getting into this group with all of these people. um, I experienced a lot of gatekeeping and I felt like I didn't know enough things and I still don't know enough things about a lot of topics. There's so much that I don't know and I didn't study anything in the field of um, environmental justice or environmental issues, sustainability, nothing like that. Um, So that really made me feel like (laughs) I wasn't 
um, qualified to call myself an, an activist. So that's one part that definitely is related to fear. Like Julia said, like you have this idea or I definitely had a very um, precise idea of what an activist was. And I've, I've, and in that case, a climate activist. And I didn't feel like I fit that, like I wasn't vegan. At that time, I wasn't even a vegetarian. I still had clothes. Like I literally bought some shorts from Zara right before the trip because I didn't have any shorts to take with me. And there are a lot of those things. Like I went to McDonald's, like and then suddenly you come there and you're being shamed for going to the McDonald's. So that was kind of almost like a culture shock. Like it was definitely a clash between two worlds. One of the reasons I think I'm a bad activist now is because I started my journey this way, which was more on an international um, stage. I feel like I have learned a lot of things about a lot of issues, how they're interconnected, not only um, climate issues, but a lot of justice issues as well. And I feel like I've learned a lot, but I realized that I actually barely know anything about my own country and what's happening here in the Netherlands, what youth activists are doing, what change makers are doing here and what's happening. Um, so yeah, that makes me a bad activist. So, you know, as all of us bad activists coming together um, to form the collective, we really want to create a space that is, you know, about opening, about sharing. It's a collaborative project to learn, inform, grow, and like ultimately take action together. Um, and so I think that that's, that's our goal is to be more open-minded, empathetic, justice-oriented people, um, but really translating that into real action on the ground that's um, changing the material conditions of our communities. I hope you all enjoyed our very first episode of many more, I'm sure. And if you really want to stay connected with us, which we hope you do, you can find us on Instagram at Bad Activist Collective. Also, you can visit our website, www.badactivistcollective.com. And as an added bonus, you can also find us on Patreon, working on some really cool exclusive content for everyone that finds us over there. So stay tuned for more. To add on to that list, definitely stay tuned and keep an eye out for a lot of more interesting episodes about a lot of diverse and intersectional topics with really cool and special guests. Excited for more. See you next time.